Blog Talk Radio. I'm going back to an old tradition today. It's a Friday show, and I wanted to get back to what we used to do. I used to do. We, we, well, you and I, we used to talk about everything and anything on a Friday. You know, so I have a main theme, which is your gut feeling, which is kind of cool, isn't it? Your gut feelings and some articles about what should you be listening to as you that feeling and paying attention to and all that sort of thing. I have various things that you might want to pay attention to as to your gut feeling. But Part of the show is whatever you guys want to talk about, whatever questions you have for spirit. That's kind of what I wanted to get into a little bit. So, actually, I don't see any callers at the moment. That's kind of how the show used to be more about, well, what about my boyfriend or what about my girlfriend or what about, you know, the rain in Spain falling mainly on the plane? Okay, that sort of thing, right? So, I'm open to callers, whatever you want to talk about. Let's just keep it, you know, kind of like civil, though. Let's don't get weird, weird, because I am going to get weird for a moment. It'll talk about something that's kind of been weird going on in the news, and I'll let my spirit guides talk about that. Then we'll talk about your gut feelings, how to pay attention to, what to pay attention to, as in your gut feelings, your intuition, your the little voice inside your head, whatever you call it, right? You know, one of the reasons that they talk about your gut feelings and spirits reminding me of this stuff is that you have all these nerve centers throughout your body, which are really all connected and have all their own intellectual intelligence in them. See, your body is is an intellectual center in, in the various areas of your body. Not everything is happening in your brain. They have found locations in the heart, which are like a second brain. Ooh. Right, yeah, or even in your solar plexus and other places in your body have an intellectual capacity of feelings and emotions at, that trigger and remind you of certain things. So when they say gut feelings, that could be a gut feeling. could be from your gut. You're picking something up from that nerve center, that brain center within your solar plexus, abdomen region that's telling you, yeah, you got to do this, or you stay away from that. Ooh, stay away from that. So I'm going to have fun. We're going to have fun today. Take your calls. We'll talk about what you want to talk about. We'll talk about having gut feelings. And I'll let my spirit guides talk to you first before we get there. But I wanted to bring up something a little controversial. You know, it's Friday. We can do a little bit of controversial stuff. You know, there's been a lot of talk about, and I'll try to channel my spirit guides a little bit on this so that I'm not just kind of, George, you're crazy. Yeah, I know that, but that's all right. Yeah, I am. Okay. No, this this sexual harassment thing and what people are getting away with and what they're not getting away with and all these people are being accused of rape. So what is rape? I mean, I'm not asking you. I'm just putting that out there. It's It's like it seems you need to widen the definition a little bit of what you consider to be rape. I mean, most people traditionally think of rape as somebody's walking down the street and somebody pulls up behind them and with a knife and, you know, kind of puts them in a stranglehold and does a physical activity on them, right? Rape, sexual, you know, it's an anger-motivated, you know, control kind of thing that certain people have, right? That's that's kind of like what most I register to, and I'm sure a lot of people register to that as being the traditional thought of rape. But what about, and you can see at a party where somebody's thrown in a, on a bed and they're unconscious and, you know, but what if, what if, what if it's an emotional seduction of rape, right? And And I know people from my past that, and it's really sad when you think of men, and, and this just goes back, you know, hundreds of years, right? Or thousands of years or whatever, where 
women are coerced into sex, maybe they've been drinking, maybe they're at a party, or maybe they're doing whatever. They about they went out for the evening and they had a few two drinks and the and invite the guy over for a cup of coffee or whatever, you know, innocently. You know. And the guy con- convinces them, coerces them, not physically, but emotionally, and cons them into sex. Isn't that right? What do you think? I mean, I want your opinions on this. This is kind of an out there kind of subject, but I thought about it a little bit. So you have to widen the range of, of when somebody says this actor raped somebody. What do they really do? That they, you know, that they knock them out with the, you know, like they call it Bill Cosby supposedly would drug women and rape them. Okay, well, sick. But that's physically controlling them without their consciousness being involved. But can their consciousness be involved or limited consciousness? And can that also be considered rape? And I think it is. I think if a man, you know, whatever reason or however he does it, you know, gives a woman too many drinks or whatever, or drugs or whatever it is, and then he coerces her and talks her into and just browbeats her into sexual relations. You know, some people say that was consensual sex, but it really wasn't. It really wasn't, or or the boss or whoever it is at a party, and you know, that. So that that broadens the the concept of rape into kind of a more than just a general term of somebody walking down the street and somebody puts a knife or a gun in their back and. So I think they need other terminology to describe it, definition of the word, because I think it gets misleading when they say they raped somebody. Well, how did they do it? What did they do? How did they, you know, was, is, was it a form of seduction, a forced seduction? They forcibly seduced somebody into a sexual relationship that they weren't actually very will, very much an unwilling participant, but they, because of one reason or another, gave in. Maybe it was the alcohol, maybe it was the drugs, maybe it was a power play, maybe it was somebody, okay? So I, I, you know, and that happens in the military a lot where officers will seduce, rape women, seduce them into sexual activities, kind of an unwilling participant because of the, the, the position and also the physicality involved in it. So that's right as far as I'm concerned. And so I just kind of threw that one out there just as a thought. And so when they use that word, I always want to know quickly, what do they mean? How do they define it? And not that it really matters too much, not if it's that, but but anytime somebody tries to coerce somebody else into doing something that is normally against their will and, and then they're in an altered state of consciousness of some level, it's out of fear or it's induced through drugs or alcohol, I consider that to be that. Okay. And society's changing, which is kind of a cool thing. Society's changing. We Men can no longer get away, or even case of women. I mean, I'm sure there are cases of women. Oh, I heard an interesting thing yesterday. We were talking about this whole thing of sexuality and harassment at the workplace, and they were talking to a lady who was the editor-in-chief of Vanity Fair magazine. And she'd been doing this, oh, she started as editor-in-chief at 25 years old. Now that was like, she's probably in her 50s or 60s now. But they asked her the question, what's going to stop this situation with men sexually harassing women, forcing them into things now, that's a big – sexual harassment's a big thing, grabbing somebody or giving somebody an improper hug or an improper – that's very commonplace. And that's a real questionable area. We won't go there. We'll leave that one alone. You know, the seduction, the giving in. How did, She said, how does that stop? They asked her, how does it stop? She goes, more women in power. You have more women in power, women's, women in possession, positions – of responsibility, you won't see it. It would be less prevalent. And that made sense. She said, I've never been sexually harassed. And I started this at 25 years old and I was editor of Vanity Pair because she knew that she could fire somebody if they approached her, that she could fire somebody. 
So if with women having more authority in the workplace or in the movie studios or whatever, you know, men are most le- less likely to try to seduce a fellow actor if the head of if the woman is a director or if the woman is the head of the studio, right? Because they know there's a direct line there and they're going to be let go rather quickly. It's not going to linger on and on and on. And that woman is going to hear the other woman say, you know what, this man, he just, he was improper in his actions. Boom, done. So more women in authority in whatever area of life will actually tone this down. And then the other side of that is that more men need to be socially conscious and have a higher level of consciousness, spiritual consciousness, knowing that spiritually and from you know from the higher self that you're not going to do this the higher self delves from kindness and compassion and respect for the other person so raising men's consciousness in a spiritual way not religiously but spiritual consciousness of living from a place of unconditional love living from a place of appreciation living from a place of respect living from a place of kindness that's going to be less likely so so from a spiritual place, and I would put that out there, and I think I'm just taking my spirit guides thunder on this one a little bit, so I'll let them talk about it a little bit more. It's it's a matter of male and female, but especially male consciousness, raising up, raising up, raising up into a place of where they're living from a higher vibrational, higher place of consciousness. The higher the level of consciousness they go to, the less likely they will to be to engage in those activities. Okay, that's my little editorial thing for the day. What do you think about it? I don't know why I went off. Because today is Friday. We go off on all kinds of topics and stuff. And I know some people don't like to talk about sex per se, but we're not really talking. We're talking about respect. We're talking about trust. We're talking about, you know, how can you work with somebody if you can't trust that person? Right? How can you work with somebody or be with somebody or even you know, even a relative. How can you trust a relative? Okay. So it is about men raising their consciousness to this level of respect, honesty, appreciation, kindness, generosity of love. Okay. Enough of that. But I want to take your calls on whatever topic you want to talk about. That's my editorial about it. And I'll, but I'll let my spirit guides jump in on that, too, because they want to talk about this also, I'm sure, or something related. I don't know what they want to talk about. And we'll do that. Then we'll get into some articles. But I want to take your calls. So if you're listening, call in. Let's see what's going on with you. If you have any questions for spirit, for my spirit guides, I'd love to channel for you individually. That's my ultimate goal in all of this is to channel for you individually. So let my spirit guides talk to you. And that's a little different than being a psychic per se, because I'm just kind of opening it up and letting them, and I'm going away and I'm letting them talk to you instead of me talking to you. Yeah, it sounds kind of weird. I know. What? You? No. Yeah, but it's true. They're the ones that talk to you, not me. Okay. So we'll do that. Well, first of all, we'll let them talk to you as a group. And if you're willing, we'll let them talk to you individually. And then we'll get into some articles. Now, I've been changing my show to an hour show, which is kind of fun in a way. Thinking about going back to 45 minutes, but adding a show on Sundays. Sunday morning spiritual show. Sunday more like a Sunday morning spiritual, okay? Kind of thinking about that versus that the other way of, yeah, this way of approaching it. So what do you think? Would you like to listen to a Sunday morning show where it's more on spiritual topics? It's more about what source has to say to you about what's going on. Not so much psychic per se, but, you know, more about topics of spirituality, topics on spirituality and and areas of spirituality that you can get into or, you know, things that you can do in your life to improve your own spirituality to get there, get to that level of where you're connected with source energy and living from source energy. What do you think? Can we do that? Can we have fun doing that? Let's do that. So thinking about doing that, maybe a half-hour show instead of an hour show or 45-minute show on Sundays. Yeah. Okay? But I want to – so let me let my spirit guides talk to you, and then we'll get into the rest of the show. You know, I just did it like 15 minutes, of, which it could have been part of a Sunday show and kind of a topic that everybody can talk about. 
thus want to talk about topics that are spiritually minded. We can talk about auras, we can talk about channeling, we can talk about crystals, what crystals work for you. And that's the kind of thing we can even talk about today. What's a crystal? What's a good crystal for you? So because crystals have energy. Every stone, every rock, everything has an energy level, right? Your socks have energy. <laughs> it depends on what kind of energy, right? But everything everything that that is of a physical form has some form of energy field. So it's like, what energy field would benefit you? Think about that. What energy field would benefit you? What crystal would vibrate with you to help you in a particular situation? Or where are your chakras? What are they doing today? And I can even read your chakras and go, oh, this one needs some work. And I use my pendulum to some degree, and I can read a person. So if you're interested in that, those are always fun. So let's call in. If you're interested in any of that, we can talk about that. Because the ultimate goal and my ultimate goal as a spiritual life coach is to help you to raise your vibration, your consciousness, your vibration, so that you're high-flying and you're manifesting anything you want in your life. So that's the how part. And the when part is really, to some degree, spirit's going to give you a when time. Ultimately, this can happen by then. But the how part is, what can you do to raise your vibration, to clean up your vibration, to get there, to make it happen? And there's lots of different ways of doing that. Changing beliefs, changing your auric field, changing your vibrational field, opening up your DNA, opening up your your cellular level to improve it, to be a high-flying spiritual being. To really connect with your soul, your higher self, that's what it's all about. Okay, let me let my spirit guides talk to you because I'm taking kind of their thunder a little bit here. Okay? And then we'll get back to what you want to talk about. I'd love to take your calls on this particular topic. So whatever questions, I'll decide if, well, I don't know if I want to play that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to take that one. But, yeah, most likely I will answer all your questions. Okay, we'll let spirit answer your questions. It's not me, it's my spirit guides or your ancestors. We can always talk to your ancestors, right? Okay, very cool. Let's do that. So we're back to my spirit guides for a minute, a few minutes. It's the Sarah group. It's a group of teachers that come together, you know, in a non-physical form and come in and out of the group to base, you know, whoever or the group is communicating based on the individual prowess or you know talents and interests of of the spirit guides because they all have different interests some are into physical healing some are into this some are into that some are into more creative things spirit it's just like humans in a sense we're just a reflection of spirit we're just a reflection of the spirit world we we have the same attributes but we but they function at the level of the higher vibration of love kindness generosity they don't work from our ego base. Okay, I'm being quiet. Let them talk. We love when George kind of puts us off, puts us off, puts us off, you know, kind of rattles on and on. We're, we agree with a lot of what he says, so we're not going to say, well, it's a waste of your time to listen to what he has to say about a particular topic. Let's back up a little bit. Well, let's get back to that topic, and we're going to talk about relationships between men and women, or women and women, or men and men. Let's 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 frame it in the framework of the masculine and the feminine dynamic. Okay, the masculine being more dominant of the two energy fields, and the feminine being softer, but also you know, but each one has an own, its own dynamic and its own strengths and weaknesses. But the masculine is more assertive and more forceful, while the feminine is more receptive and more open. No, but it doesn't matter. You can be very masculine and be very feminine in that orientation of, of energy fields and vibrational fields. So it's not necessarily always men that are vibrationally you know, more assertive. Women can be that also. So, but, so that's why we want a framework instead of um, saying the masculine, the male or female. It's the more masculine and feminine of the two because a very feminine woman or a very masculine woman can affect a feminine, a feminine man in the same way, be very assertive sexually 
and also use will will use sexually impose their will on a, a man because they're more they're more assertive and they have more of that masculine sexual energy than their male counterpart. Does that make sense to you guys? Do you understand what we're talking about? So what it really comes down to it's more of a masculine feminine dynamic than it is just purely male and female. So how do you balance that though? That's that's our point of today's discussion is how do we ba- how do you balance that so that your masculine energy is not dominating the feminine energy. So that's that's your issue. That's your issue in your society is that masculine energy trying to control the will of the feminine, imposing their will, imposing their masculinity, imposing their sexual desire. Now, let's go back because we talked about to this, George, that it's really important to remember that you're never going to get rid of that. You're never going to clean that out of society, that masculine energy, that energy to create a sexual situation. You're never going to get rid of that. If you got rid of that that desire, that power, that strength, that masculine energy to not to want to, let's say not impose their will, but to assert themselves assert not as a negative term but assert themselves in a sexual way if you completely got rid of that he would stop producing people you wouldn't have sex in a sexual situation you have to have more of an assertive one now it could be the woman it doesn't have to be the man that that's the point we want you to understand now george has read a lot on this and we agree with a lot of what he has read on this topic but Think about it for a moment. Just look in your own lives. If you have two people who are very neutral, neither neither of them are masculine in energy. You have two feminine aspects, both male and female. The sexual prowess is very limited. Neither of them are assertive sexually, and they both put it off. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that they would never. We're not saying that they would never have sex, but it, would, it wouldn't be a dominant energy in their relationship. It would be a very casual relationship, and the sexual relationship would be very casual. And so, you know, the the opportunities and the so forth of bringing more humans into the population or replenish, replenishing the population would drift down, downward, downward. So you can't take and you shouldn't take out of and pull out of completely and expect the masculine energy to completely refrain from their prowess to engage in sexual activities because that's what co-create or creates or co-creates life. I mean, you don't completely create life. You co-create life because you, you don't, you don't create the soul. Soul comes from the non-physical world. The soul comes from the spirit world. The soul is something that comes into the human after conception well, not to give you a little bit of a lesson on that, generally about three months to six months in, the soul enters the body. So you're co-creating a life. But you need to have that initiative, that desire to do that. Now, the feminine energy, the soft feminine energy could desire it, but they may not initiate it. But the desire maybe becomes so strong that they start to initiate. They take on more of that masculine energy, that assertive masculine energy, because that—that that is their will is to create or co-create life. You can see where that takes place in a relationship, that the woman will start to take on more of a masculine role in that relationship because their desire their internal desire, their soulful desire is to create life, to co-create life. But without that energy, without that assertiveness, that sexual assertiveness, if neither of you had sexual assertiveness, masculine or feminine, you wouldn't co-create life. Okay? You, you wouldn't have life. Now, we could take that into the homosexual community, and it's necessary, too, because you have strong masculine energies on both sides. 
you may not be creating a life, but you're creating that strong sexual connection between two people, that bond of sexuality between two people. You need that. You need that bond of sexuality between two people to, A, create life, to co-create. We, we say create, but we really mean co-create life, but also to create that bond, that energy. Because when, when you're engaged in that activity, what you're doing is you're bonding two individuals. You're sharing a part of yourself. You're technically sharing the cellular, at the cellular level each other. You're exchanging cells. You're exchanging part of yourself. So you're building that bond between two people. I, I'm sure you all know that, and we're sure that you understand all that. But we're just reminding you. But, but let's back up a little bit. So that's necessary. That, that energy is necessary. Then, and men sometimes or women take that too far. Their sexual appetite, their sexual desire is, let's say, not controllable. And, and the word that George used that's really strong in this discussion is about respect. Respecting for the other person. Respecting that you may have this urge and this desire, the sexual desire, and it may be very strong with you in an assertive masculine energy to assert yourself in a sexual way. Male or female, it doesn't matter. Okay. But the respect for the other person is really important. And when you raise your consciousness, as he spoke, and you raise your consciousness to a higher level, you develop that respect for other people, that you may have that urge and desire to fulfill that sexual need for both reasons that we discussed, but you have respect for the other person. You realize that if they say no, if they're an unwilling participant, participant that you basically need to shut down. You need to appreciate their will. You need to appreciate. So that's raising consciousness. I mean, you, we George talked about this, and we want to spend too much time on this in case you're listening to the earlier part of the show. And we were basically channeling, but not in this context of channeling. So it, it really is about raising consciousness. It's raising consciousness on both levels, masculine and feminine. The feminine recognizing, raising their consciousness of being able to say no to be strong and saying no, that they respect themselves. They respect themselves that they can resist the temptation and, and or the fear that may be there in a relationship with someone, let's say a boss, where they can say no. They can walk away and say no. Now, George talked about people who were seduced or raped in, in very uncomfortable situations because of force or because of emotional or alcohol or other drugs. That's a whole different story. Uh, obviously, in your society, you recognize that, that the, the wrong, the improper use of power, the masculine power, if you are a conscious and highly conscious individual, and if you see somebody who is not in their conscious state of mind because of whatever reason, you're going to leave them alone. You're not going to force your will on them because you respect that person. You have a deep respect for that person. So the answer, more than just, well, women gaining power and more authority in society, well, okay, we'll give you that. But we'll, we'll say that the answer is really raising consciousness on all parties. And as you raise consciousness, now, we, we look at just society and we see people have, in their younger years, <laughs> and if you go back 20 or 30 years in a person's life and they conduct themselves in a way that that functioning from a lower consciousness where they're not showing respect for others and they're imposing their will, and younger people will do that because they're not their consciousness is not at a level where they've developed that full respect and appreciation and the willingness to respect another person's point of view and, and desires and will. But people change. So going retro and going back to those years, we, we've talked to George about this, that, that the, it's important that that case where something happened 15, 20 years ago, but a person's consciousness has adjusted and cha changed, there, there needs to be 
a consideration for the change of consciousness in an individual. They've raised their consciousness. Now, now they respect an individual more. They respect the other, the, ma- the feminine more, the masculine more, and then no longer they realize that. And so we're going to go back to this idea. And you do whatever you want to do in this case. It's your choices as humans, and you get to choose what you want to do. We would suggest to you that what you do is if you're the one who has been the victim of a person's lower consciousness at an earlier age, you need to first address that to that individual. You need to go to that individual and explain which, what had happened and how that offended you and how you felt that you were taken advantage of because of their lower consciousness and expressing their, their strong masculine energies. Now, if a crime has been committed, that's another story, but let's just gets then into this idea of harassment, however you call it, and we're not going to get into the definition of sexual harassment, but it's not rape. It's not forced sexual activity on a person. It's just sometimes very playful. Sometimes it's, it's, it's improper hugging or improper touching of the body. Well, and, and people do that because they've been drinking. They're in a lower state of consciousness. The first step would be the one who's been offended to go to the person who offended them. Even if that's been after many years, go to that person and explain why you were offended. And see where their consciousness is at. If they, if they feel remorse, if they feel, I, I, I'm sorry, I did, you know, I, I've changed. I realize that, you know, I feel guilty. Please forgive me for that activity. I, I've, you know, I am now longer working from a different consciousness on the subject and, I totally do respect you. Back then, I was, you know, I was drinking too much. I was doing this. I was doing that. I was a child. I was cool. You know, I was very much dealing from an adolescent point of view. Please forgive me. You should leave it there. Why would I have to just leave it there? I know you love to drag up public figures and say, oh, they did this and that 15, 20 years ago. Think about it. We're not talking about rape and then the broad the definition of rape that's been talked about. We're talking about sexual harassment or sexual play that got a little too far and the one person became offended. But it's it's following a consciousness, a higher consciousness. They go to the individual and they say, I'm offended. That really bothered me that you did this or you did that. And waiting for the response. And if the person has raised their consciousness and there's a sense of guilt and shame about it, and please forgive me. Then forgiveness is a necessary part of that process. Can you forgive them? We would say that in most cases you can. You should be able to forgive them. You should be able to move on from that point of place. You may never want to be around that person because you feel, well, maybe they'll just retread back to where they were before. Most likely they won't if they've raised their consciousness. But in that case, it really doesn't need to go any further. It really doesn't need to go any further. You've you've resolved the issue between the two of you. So we make this point because it's that the because we'll go back to what we said that masculine energy, that strong masculine energy, whether it's male or female, doesn't matter, is going to have more an assertive sexual attitude because that's that's how you evolve to be. If you didn't evolve to that strong masculine energy and that sexual prowess, that sexual desire, on either side of the spectrum, either side of the curve, masculine or feminine, male or female, you wouldn't continue on the population. You would just give up. You say, "No, that's all right. I don't need it. I don't want it. You know, whatever, you know, whatever." But that's not how you evolved. That's not that spark that you got. Because you wanted to procreate, you wanted to create life, you wanted to co-create life and create life upon the planet, and that's how you evolved. Those who, in your early history of humanity, when you first started to develop into the human homo species form, homo species, yeah, yeah, he know what we're saying, yeah. Okay, you, those who develop that strong sexual tendency, that masculine tendency to to promote sexual activity with somebody else, those survived. They had children. Those who didn't, guess what? They didn't survive. They didn't adapt. They didn't change. Their genes didn't carry on. The genes of those who were sexually more assertive 
carried on in your population. Those who weren't, they didn't. They died off. You understand where we're coming from. It's, 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 it's part of your evolution to have that. Now, as you raise consciousness, you're able to control it. You know what to do with it. You show respect. You show kindness. You show appreciation for the other person, knowing you respect their point of view and their will. But in a loving couple relationship, that's a necessary energy. Okay, we're, 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 we're going to stop talking there about this topic, but we wanted to clarify from a spirit point of view, from our perspective to you, from the non-physical to the physical, a point of view on this topic. It's natural, but it has to have boundaries. We'll just leave it at that. It's natural. It's important. That energy is very important in your population but it has to have boundaries. And with consciousness, and the higher than one's consciousness, the one closer one becomes to the vibration and the consciousness of source energy, the, the divine to spirit world, to us in the spirit world, the more you raise that consciousness, the more boundaries you're able to set up and the more respect you show for others and you accept their will and you don't force your will on them or try have a tendency to force your will on them, you know that that person is not going to appreciate your activities and that your activities need to be in a an environment of mutual respect and mutual desire. Okay, so we'll leave it alone. We'll let it go. But that's it. That's our discussion. Have a beautiful weekend. We love every one of you. We express love and blessings to every one of you. We want you to raise your consciousness to the level of that divine love, that appreciation for yourself and others, to show respect and to live from a place of joy, kindness, and have some fun. Life is about having fun. Life is about play. Life is about enjoying every moment of your life. The more that you can get your consciousness and your mindset and your physical and emotional and all aspects of yourself to appreciate that you're here to enjoy life, to live your passions and live your desires and to find things in your life that that excite you and turn you on, bring out the best of you and bring out who you are and what you are and why you're here. The more you achieve that, the happier you will be because your life will be fulfilling. Thank you for listening. Bye. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> it takes me a minute. That was Spirit's take on that whole subject. Now, I've heard a little bit of talk to me in the early mornings about that the subject, and I think they just wanted to comment a lot on the topic. Now, if you can agree or disagree with them, I think what they were doing from us a place of love. They love all of us. Spirit loves humanity. They want us to live from a place of respect, appreciation. And I think the biggest point that they make, and they've made this before to me, is when you have an issue with somebody, you take it to that person first. I know sometimes that's difficult. And I'm kind of getting the sense of, in some cases, if it's a, if it's a boss or somebody of authority, you may have a difficult time going to that person. Then you go outside the person, but generally you want to go to that person or if you want a third party with you to address that issue, somebody you trust and you both would trust and respect. That was a beautiful point they made is that as we raise our consciousness, we are better able to handle that masculine energy, that procreative energy, that, that energy. And so we'd be able to keep it within a certain boundary that if we're a lower consciousness, and that's typically it is a younger person, male or female, they're not saying it's just male. It's females can be very strong, masculine, have a very strong masculine energy and they can, it's not as the percentages are not as high, but as you get older and as you mature and as you raise your consciousness, now some people don't, <laughs> they don't raise their consciousness. Okay, well, that was not the topic for the day, and I know we got about 20 minutes left, so I'm going to take your calls on anything you want to talk about. You know, what do you what do you want to know from spirit? What what's going on with you? And you want spirit? Maybe your ancestors, my spirit guides, your spirit guides, or you know, some famous individual that you think might have advice for you about a topic. I'll take any of the calls. Because, see, I kind of set the show up as 
and whatever you're thinking about. What's going on? Now we'll keep it in boundaries. And we'll keep it respectful. We'll keep it, you know, no, no profanity per se. We'll just keep it very loving, very kind, and not too off into the tangents of discussions. But okay, but I want to talk about gut feelings, gut instincts. And there's some articles I had and I thought that would be interesting to discuss about. Uh, there's, I think there was one article I thought was really kind of cool I wanted to start with. Okay, that's not it. Okay, it's this one. It's, it's from Life Advisor, Five Gut Instincts You Should Always Pay Attention To. We're talking about gut. And I'd like to give you examples, or maybe you have examples of where you've been listening to your gut feelings. Give me, give me some stories about you and how your gut feeling, how that feeling, whatever it is, helped you in your life to accomplish something. It doesn't necessarily saving you from a speeding car. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. And I'll give you a really interesting example of mine of that intuitive gut feeling, that knowing, that little voice inside of me that said, George, I I have this television and it was given to me and and it didn't, it didn't, there there was no remote and I had a remote for it, but then the remote didn't work and I went to cable and so I used the cable remote. So the cable remote would turn it on and off. And so I got rid of the cable, and there I am sitting with a television. I have to walk on the other side of the room to turn on and off and turn the volume on and off. I thought, okay, I'm going to buy a universal remote. And so I went to a store to get one and bought it, brought it home, played with it, couldn't get it to work. I was getting really frustrated. I spent, like, way too much time on this project. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do, right? So I got up the next day. I was going to start this project, and I got this little voice that call the company. Just call the company. So I called the company and they walked me through it. I would have saved myself like 45 minutes of playing with this remote and trying to do this. But I had to learn that I was not going to do this on my own. But that little voice that said, call the company. And within 10 minutes, I had it working. Of course, I did write down the instructions. So if I ever have to use it again, I... I know what to do. But, yeah, that little voice that tells you to do something, that little voice that tells you there's some articles in here and some of it, you know, I'll go off on this one and I'll get into the article. And I think another thing is that your body will tell you what you need to eat. For some reason, you need, I mean, water, thirst, obviously that's the most logical thirst, right? You're thirsty, you drink water. But there are other things. Your body will tell you that certain foods, you, you know, you have a desire to eat something. Well, we're not talking junk food here. <laughs> we're talking healthier foods, of course. But your body will tell you something. Well, you need broccoli. You need a salad. You ever go that craving, I need a salad? Now, I had a friend many, many years ago, and he was raised eating a lot of rice. Now, his his system, his his biological system, his cellular system was living off of rice because you adapt to the foods that you eat over years. If you've been eating it since the age of two years old, you've been eating rice. You have adapted your your system to eating rice and it's it, it is a form of nutrition for your for your body. And he would go on trips and go away from home where he had plenty of rice to eat. And he would say he would get a craving for rice after a couple of days on a, on a trip, a craving for rice. It's like his body is telling him, oh, you need rice. Now, it could be pasta. It could be meat. If you're a meat-eating person, it could be a certain vegetable. If you have a craving for something, it's your body telling you that's what you need. Because now, it, it could be in a negative aspect, too which is not always a good thing because if, you, if you're if you consuming a lot of sugar in your life, and not that necessarily sugar is bad, but your body will tell you that I need or want sugar. And you go, really? But that's what your body has become accustomed to, and your body's going to feed back to you. You know, that's the old thing about the drug addicts. They're going to, the body's going to feed back to them what they need. Interesting. So you listen to your body. Always listen to your body because your body is going to tell you what you need. Now, the the mind part, the analytical part will say, you know what, that's not the healthiest thing. Maybe I can find a healthy alternative of that for my body. 
as I say, sugar. You know, maybe I can stay away from refined sugar because maybe that's not what I need. But maybe there's alternatives to that that would be healthier. Okay. I'm rattling on and on. I apologize for that. So I'm going to talk about gut instincts. Okay. Uh, I'll skip. This is from Sun Gazing Magazine. And, well, it doesn't have any name. It doesn't have a name of the writer. So I'll just kind of give it to whoever, right? Uh, it doesn't tell me who did it. I think there's maybe it's Patrick Schwarzenberger. Schwarzenberger. Maybe that's who it is because they have a little uh, TED Talks on that. Okay. So we'll go through the seven steps. We won't do the end. In, in, so the seven gut instincts you should never avoid. Hold on one second. Somebody's trying to get my attention. I'll be right back with you. Which time do I have? Okay, sorry about that. I got interrupted. I, I guess I'm nice guys sometimes. I don't know. Okay, seven gut instincts you should never ignore. You're somewhere and everyone looks fine, but your gut is telling you that something feels off. I like that. That feeling, it's an emotional feeling somewhere in your body that says, oh, something. And despite the fact there is no logical support to that feeling, logic has nothing to do with it. Don't worry about other people evaluating your situation. You might feel that you're being just being crazy because they aren't picking up what you are. Now, example of that is my roommate was going to the bank and going to the ATM, and there was somebody standing there near the ATM. And the gut feeling, the feeling was, nah, this is not right. This doesn't feel right to me. Whether this person going to do something or not doesn't matter. It's your feeling. Don't let anybody judge that gut feeling that you have. If you're going to go into some store or something, it just doesn't feel right. I mean, I remember years ago with my daughter to Santa Monica, California, which is the, this area where people can walk around. There's a lot of stores and outside vendors and musicians. It just didn't feel right that day. It just didn't feel right. It felt that there was so much negative energy. You ever go into a place where you feel this negative energy and you just can't be there and you know that you need to not pick up that on that energy. So listen to that, right? The next point, number two, the reverse of that. This is love. I love this, the reverse one, right? There's always, there's that's kind of a negative one. Let me give you this one. It's just more positive. Something, something or someone just feels right to you, even though you logically don't know why. You ever meet somebody or walk into, walk up to somebody or somebody approaches you, and from some reason you just feel that connection? Not necessarily a romantic connection. You just know that person just feel comfortable around somebody. I mean, I think it's happened to me a million times, it feels like. Not a million, but you know what I mean. It happens to you all the time. Some people, that energy field between two people, that gut feeling that it could be a past life thing. You could have known this person in many lifetimes. Or your soul or higher self is telling you, this person has something for you. They need to share something with you. So you feel that attraction, that need to communicate. It may not be romantic. It might, you might just meet that person for five minutes to get your message and move on. So someone, something or something just feels right to you. It could be at the store. We're back to food again, right? I'm getting hungry. Let's get back to food again. <laughs> um, you go to the store and you see things, things, things in packages and you go, well, that looks right. I should buy that. That feels good. Ooh, I really want that. Like my pizza thing, right? Ooh, sounds good to me. Pizza feels right to me, right? Okay, so moving on to number three. You are in intimate relations to someone and a little voice in your head is telling you that you really love them. That's a beautiful one. Isn't that, that, isn't that cool? You just get that feeling. And you can't explain it. You really can't explain it. Falling in love is really kind of like your higher self telling you, oh, this is a one. This is one for you. This is a person. You, you need to connect with this person. You start to, and sometimes it clicks in right away. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get to know somebody a little bit. There's that trust factor. But your, your intuitiveness, your gut feeling, your higher self is saying, yep, stick with this one. This is a good one. 
a keeper. Time for to keep this one around for a while, right? A keeper. Okay, I'm still open to hearing from you guys and whatever you want to talk about, whatever questions you have for spirit. It's still open-ended. I still want to take your calls. I want to hear what you have to say. But we're going to go through the rest of this article. I have a couple other articles on the same topic. But it's your gut feeling. And this is just reminding you of certain things that you need to pay attention to, right? Number four, you get the sense that something is off with your body. Pay attention to it, whether it ends up being some illness or not. Don't ignore your gut feeling. Get it checked out. and, And that's a beautiful thing. Our bodies. We should know our bodies. We should really know our bodies and really check into our bodies and feel our bodies and know what our body is telling us. How severe is it? Will it pass? Will it stay? Is it something I need to go to the doctor? Is it something I need to some homopathic medicine for? Is it something I need some rest? Your body's telling you, slow down. Slow down a little bit. You know, you're, you're moving way too fast here. You've been exercising too much. Pay attention to that. When your body says stop exercising, then stop exercising. You know, I I was reading recently about this article about no no pain, no gain. That's a fallacy. You don't have to get into this really painful situation where your body will tell you, no, you don't have to get there. You don't have to get into severe pain to get there. But just pay attention to your body. What is it telling you? Okay, number five. You're in a situation and something tells you that isn't going to work. Rather than discounting that inkling, know that something in your past experience is guiding you and you might not know why in the moment. Okay, you start down a project. You start down a job. You start something in your life and you go, hey, that's not going to work out. I just know this is not what I need to be doing now. I, I just, yeah, it's okay, but... And maybe maybe it'll come back to it later. You ever started reading a book and you start to read a book and you go, nah, not into it, not into this one. And maybe six months later you go back to the book and you read it. It's your intuitive and your higher self is telling you it's not the time for this project. It's not the time to do this. It's not the time to take this job. Maybe sometime in the future, maybe your consciousness will come back around to whatever that is. But listen to yourself. Don't force yourself to do something. If your higher self, your gut feeling, because your gut feeling, your intuitiveness, your all that sort of thing is really a reflection of your soul. Your soul telling you, your emotions are, are are your reflection of your higher self. Your soul telling you, no, stop it. This isn't going to work out right now. You need to change directions. If it's not working, don't do it, right? If it's not working, don't force it. Don't try to force things to work that aren't going to work. Because there's something inside you, your higher being is telling you, eh, not the time. I love the next one, number six. We're going to get through a couple more of these. I don't know how much time is left. I keep looking at looking back and see if anybody wants to talk to me. But I'm also checking out the time. You have a strong desire to help someone you don't know. We are not only pre-wired to know that, but our con- unconsciousness observations as we go through life or learn us to just help that person. We see somebody struggling a little bit. We just know to help this person or a friend or a neighbor. Or you have an inkling, a feeling that one of your relatives needs you, needs your help. Your son, your daughter, your grandmother, your grandfather, the neighbor, somebody. You get this inkling that, oh, I need to call what's his name or what's her name. Oh, okay. I'll give you an example. I, I visit my older brother, and he's not conversely very technically literate. He has a cell phone, and you know, he in some ways he needs a landline instead of a cell phone. But I was going to go over to visit him, and and he wasn't. I called him two days in a row, no answer, no callback. And I thought that was a little weird. First of all, my first instinct: there's something wrong with him. Right, there's the physically something wrong because he's very old. He's you know he's a big age difference because of same mother, different fathers. But then the voice inside me said, no, there's something wrong with his phone. He's done something to his phone. There's something wrong with his phone. It's not a physical ailment. It's something wrong with his phone. So when I got there, he, he said, oh, well, I haven't got your calls. Oh, really? So, I, you know, I looked at his phone. 
And somehow, some way, he got into the settings. Now, he was putzing around with his phone, not knowing what he's doing, right? And put it on airplane mode, which means you're not going to get any calls. So I explained to him, if this little green light is on, you know, you've got a problem. You're not going to get any calls. So as soon as I turned the airplane mode off, all the old calls popped up. And he goes, oh, yeah, you did try to call me. So, yeah, that 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 little voice that said it's something wrong with his phone versus he's in the hospital somewhere, you know. So you gotta listen to those voices. That was re- very reassuring for me to hear that. Oh, it's his phone before I even got there. So you get those same inklings, those same things, and, and listen to them. Listen to them. Pay attention to that. Because it's not always the worst case. It's somebody very simple because somebody's playing with their phone and hit the the airplane mode on their phone and they're not getting calls. So I told them, stay out of settings. Just stay out of settings. Don't go there, you know. Leave it alone. Oh, number six. Wait a minute. Oh, help somebody. So that was my inkling to help him with his phone, but it's kind of a convoluted way of answering that question, stating that, right? Something goes naturally comes naturally to you you go with the flow even though you're not sure why we tend to overthink things that can preclude can preclude experience success in our life you ever had a job or starting an occupation or a project or a hobby and it just felt right it could be your mechanical ability it could be something that you're doing you just know you can do that you see somebody doing that. And that's one of the great ways of knowing that this is the right occupation for you. If you observe other people and you watch other people do something in occupation, you watch a bricklayer. I was watching a movie about a bricklayer. Or, or you watch a chef or you watch these people or that people doing their jobs or you start some project. And it just feels right to you. You, you just, I can do that. You don't know why. You've never done it. It's not something that you... You know, decided, oh, I'm going to lay bricks, or I'm going to be a chef, or I'm going to do, you know, whatever it is. No, there's that internal part of you, that higher consciousness that's telling you, hey, that's part of your purpose. You need to be doing that because it feels right to you to do it, and it just goes naturally. It flows. And that's like the opposite of you start something and it doesn't feel right. You get to a certain point. I've had occupations in my life where I could do it for a while, but you hit the wall. You hit a you hit a plateau, and that's as far as you're going to go with it. You just you you can't go to the next level. You can do it up to a certain point, and then and you got to listen to yourself and say, you know what, I've done as much as I can do with this. That's about as far as I can go with it because I'd rather find something in my life that I can take keep going and going and going with. I could be the ever ever let ever whatever called buddy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. You can be the buddy and you can keep going and going with something. You can keep growing and growing at something because it just feels good. Every step of the way, it just feels good. You know, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Cause that's your inner being telling you, you can do that. You can do that. You can do that. So those things that you got to listen to those voices, you got to listen to the voice that tells you, Nah, that's not you. That's not the right person. No, that's not it. You know, in, in relationships, you ever notice that in a relationship, and that that inner voice tells you, no, that's not her or him. No, that's not it. And you got into a little bit too late in the show because I'm just about ready to end the show. Got about a minute and a half left. I hate to take pick, take a call with only about a minute left. I will be back on Monday, do this again. I'm thinking very seriously about going back to the Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, 40 minutes, five minutes, and doing the Sunday morning show, which is more of a spiritually based, you know, some thoughts and some ideas, not just taking calls per se, but a half hour of more of a spiritual message and talking about things like chakras and auric fields and just all this stuff that I love to talk about anyway. And it's kind of cool stuff. So if you want to, I'll, I'll work on that. So if you're listening to the show and you want to do a Sunday morning show with me, we can do that. And if you can have a questions about your spirituality and growing your consciousness, we can do that. Not necessarily about, oh, is he coming back to me? 
Who am I ever going to meet love? No. It's about growth of your consciousness show. I think I'll do that. Sunday mornings will be a growth of consciousness show. Just kind of rattling in my brain a little bit. But I love you guys. Ooh, this is getting, this is the holiday season. So happy Hanukkah first, I guess, and then Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever you celebrate. I love you guys. And I will be back perhaps on Sunday. We'll see. Okay. Bye now. Have a good one. Bye.